0: You're listening to Solar Insiders, the fortnightly podcast that shines the light on the world's biggest energy source. Solar Insiders is presented by Giles Parkinson, the editor of Renew Economy, and Sophie Vorath, the editor of One Step Off The Grid. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Pylon, helping solar installers and retailers design high resolution solar proposals in minutes. And NextTracker, delivering the most advanced solar tracking technology and the highest performing solar assets in the country.
1: welcome to Solar Insiders. My name is Sophie Vorath, I am the Deputy Editor at Renew Economy and the Editor at One Step Up The Grid. I usually have with me Giles Parkinson, who is Editor of Renew Economy, but he is travelling, so it's going to be a slightly shorter podcast this week, uh, but no less interesting. We're tackling one of the biggest and most important topics. Uh, for solar at the moment and that is what do we do at the end of a solar panel's useful life what do we do with the millions and millions and millions of solar panels that are on our rooftops at the moment Uh, not to mention the large-scale solar farms Uh, this is a problem that governments and industry and uh, researchers are currently trying to tackle recycle them you might think well it's not that easy and we speak to Rob Jell, who is the sustainability advisor at Solar Recovery Corp, who says recovery is the name of the game, not recycling. We talk to Rob Gell about a technology that his company is bringing to Australia from Italy that tries to do exactly that, recover some of the really valuable materials from solar panels and give them another life. Um, let's hear what Rob has to say about this thorny issue. Welcome, Rob Gell, to Solar Insiders.
2: Pleasure to be here, Sophie.
1: It's uh, This week we're going to talk about uh, the flip side of Australia's huge solar success story, and that is what happens to all those millions, tens of millions of panels when they come to the end of their working life. Um, obviously... Uh, we don't want them ending up in landfill, and that's a huge problem um, for any technology, but we don't want to enjoy the beautiful benefits of solar and then have them sort of running away in landfill. Um, to address this, uh, our previous Environment Minister from the Coalition suggested a ban on all panels going to landfill, which is a start, but it doesn't address address the entire problem, um, which is where you guys come in, uh, Solar Recovery Corporation is that correct?
2: That's correct. We're we're still an incipient business, I should say that we're not actually up and running yet, but we hope to be yep. running by August. But you're exactly right. It's a massive problem, um, and and the Victorian government, for example, has had a ban on e waste to landfill since first of July last year. That's all very well, but we still need to do stuff uh, yep. with the uh, you know with, with e waste uh, as the EU's been doing for more than ten years.
1: Yes, we're often uh, very embarrassingly far behind the EU on these sort of things. Um, What the big problem is, I think, and what um, a recent University of New South Wales study has urged us to do is to um, use all of the valuable materials from solar panels rather than, you know, say, just grind them up and then use them in concrete, which is what you know, has been done before. And that's certainly one approach. But um, what companies like yours would argue is that's a huge waste, again, of the of the resources that can be recovered and reused.
2: Yeah, frankly, we can't afford to do that. Uh, And I think this is probably if we go back to the early versions of the WE Directive, that's the the wireless and electrical and electronic equipment directive in the EU from the early 2000s and then updated, in I think, to, to 2012. Really, saying two things: um, this mat- we shouldn't be sending our waste uh, electrical and electronic equipment to developing nations because they've got less capacity to manage it uh, than we have. But even more importantly, uh, we don't in, in in the EU. We don't have this stuff. We don't have the the, the materials that are in these panels or electrical equipment uh, as a resource. We can't afford to lose it, and Australia has to have that attitude as well. So. We, um, we call ourselves a materials recovery company. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're not a solar panel recycler, which is a poorly, very poorly used word. Uh, so we refer to ourselves as a materials recovery company, trading commodities, and, it's, and we're trying to put real value on the commodities. The, the circular economy will require us at all levels uh, through our economy to revalue materials, uh, and to make sure that we get at least you know, a first, second, third and plan to get multiple uses from them. Your example of um, putting, for example, solar glass into, into concrete is a good one, but of course we do the same and we applaud the use of car tyres in bitumen in roads or we, mm-hmm. you know, we put plastic in a road and, that's, a, 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 and we somehow think that's cyclic, it's not, it's linear. We need to understand these systems and materials flows much, much better uh, to, to design uh, better ways of utilising valuable materials.
1: I see. Yep. And I, I must say I've been guilty of that myself as a journalist using the word recycling. Um, you know, I guess in we think of that as a positive term. And as you say, you know, there, there are positives to it, but it's not the proper recovery and reuse. How and, do you explain that to people? How do you really get the difference across?
2: Yeah, well we've we, we've done our best over perhaps the last ten years to teach people that that bin over there is the recycling. It's not. <laughs> it's a it's a box of recyclables. Right. there's a, the potential to be recycled. Uh, but and, and and we and we taught people certainly in Victoria and elsewhere that uh, commingling was the way to go we found out that Co-mingling wasn't the way to go, we now have to separate everything because everything gets contaminated. So there's a there's, there's a complete re-education now required. Um, yep. So It's not just a matter of businesses like ours setting up and expecting people to bring solar panels so that we can recover materials, but there's a real re-education required across the community and through local government and through state government and through industry uh, that we need to do things a whole lot better. I think uh, that the current federal government has a better handle on this. We're we're also, although all we want to do is process um, end of life solar panels. Yep. We find ourselves engaged in all the ancillary pieces, like what does a good product stewardship scheme look like for solar panels in Australia? And the federal government uh, is working on an e-stewardship scheme, and. There are many models, There's, there are EU models, and in fact, there is a very good one being employed, uh, comes into play on the 1st of July next year for clothing and textiles, yeah. where um, unbeknownst to me, every Australian buys 56 new pieces of clothing every year. I don't know who's buying my share, no. but, <laughs> but but there will be a four cent levy placed on um on purchases and that goes towards bringing that material back in a in in a cyclic manner now the clean energy council whom we've been working with and smart energy council who are doing other projects in the sort of product and sustainable victoria are feeding into this federal process and we have we've recommended a range of things to be done and fortunately the model that we've come up with is very very much like the the product stewardship model for clothing so there's something there so they so there would be a fee as a as a, as a panel is sold uh, they're held by the federal government the information the materials in that panel recorded in a QR code or a serial number and that fee rec- when the panel reaches end of life and the panel is processed and the materials are recovered that's all tracked and okay. and, and, and the fee is released so there's there's some emerging better policy
1: great. Um, we're certainly going to need policy. Um, but what about the technology? Let's talk about, okay. your, your technology is, uh, hails from Europe, am I right?
2: Yes, it does, it's Italian technology. There are a range of technologies available in the world. There are um, you know, some very simple ones where very, very little of the materials in a panel are uh, recovered. Uh, there are some using chemical processes which get up to sort of uh, 85% or thereabouts. We're very lucky to have found an Italian technology uh, that's been in interesting. These guys have been developing this for more than 20 years. They started um, wow. delaminating car windscreens, ah. uh, working out how to get, the vet, get that valuable material. And then I thought, hang on a minute, uh, solar panels have got some good stuff in those. Let's, let's apply to that. So they've been doing it for more than 10 years. Um, we hope to visit them in the, in the week after next, I think, uh, just to make sure everything's good before we bring a first machine here. This technology uh, recovers in excess of 99% of all the materials uh, in an end-of-life panel, which is very high. Yep. Uh, and. Processes well we can process 220,000 panels a year. We'll run the machines at about 180 and make sure we're doing it right and getting it, uh, you know, getting the processes well understood and in, in application here. Um, and they come out very high quality, uh, which means they can more or less go straight into uh, remanufacturing. The version 2. 2.0 machine, which we hope to see one uh, later in the year, probably go to Queensland, uh, is even better. Uh, in terms of uh, the quality materials recovered. And we're talking about, certainly, the aluminium frames. Uh, We get the uh, copper and uh, out of the junction boxes and HDPE, very high quality. And very importantly, then, glass and silicon, and we're doing two things. I I want to talk with you a bit more about glass because we need to do a whole lot more about uh, what to do with that. Uh, The silicon, of course, can be reprocessed, particularly into and We have a working arrangement with Deakin University's uh, Institute of Frontier Materials, who have developed a process for conversion of silicon to nanosilicon which for our emerging battery industry will be immensely valuable and and of course that material is very valuable as well so we get more than a kilogram of silicon out of each panel and i'm talking about the old 250 watt 300 watt panels not the new 450 watt panels which got a lot more in them um glass will be an issue uh the federal government has an australian silicon action plan interestingly being operated by CSIRO and pwc um, but um, but they've have uh, identified the need to find silicon because we need to have a battery industry in Australia. Yep. We also need to have uh, a solar uh, panel manufacturing capacity in Australia. We don't currently. Tindo, of course, in South Australia assembles panels, uh, but even the you know the hot new ones like SunDrive that we talk with uh, regularly, uh, will say, yeah, we'll take all of the stuff that you're recovering, but we'll still need to import the glass. Wow. That's a real problem. Uh, I'm actually a physical geographer, so I'm aware of a lot of things that go on around the planet, I guess. Uh, and one is that there's already a global shortage of sand. Sand for pre- predominantly required for construction, and that's why there's a move to take solar panel glass as a replacement for sand for construction. However, oh, I think. we also need sand for glass manufacture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we in Australia need to develop a capacity not only, well, and interestingly, Uh, sand in the Sahara Desert is inappropriate for manufacture of glass and we can't go just digging up all of our beaches and turning them into glass or or construction or whatever. We actually have to put glass into a circular economy as well. We don't have a thriving um, uh, solar glass manufacturing capacity in Australia. Most solar glass made in China. So we need, as we have an Australian Silicon Action Plan, we now need an Australian Glass action plan yep. uh, to to make tempered glass for solar panels in Australia, and we need to get that glass into. And we'll be recovering fourteen kilograms plus per panel. So wow. we're going to have a lot, and we don't necessarily want it to go into jam jars.
1: No, <laughs> fair enough. Although not, not nothing wrong with jam jars or
2: or, or concrete, <laughs> yeah, or, or no. concrete for that matter, because that's not. That, that's not a cyclic process. That's a linear process. Again, you can't recover that glass once it's in a lump of concrete. So we've actually got to be a whole lot smarter. And this fits in a sense with uh, Minister Husick's National Reconstruction Fund. Absolutely. And they, they're now understanding the value or the need to rebuild Australia's manufacturing capacity. because I think we've dropped to number 57 in the world or something like that. And We, read, we need to revitalise that. But Certainly in the clean energy transition, there's enormous opportunity for Australia to, to build the businesses uh, that'll do that. And we hope to be a part of that in the resupply of valuable materials.
1: Okay. And so you're saying August, roughly, to have things started? Yeah, we
2: hope to have a machine on a ship in July, okay. and a, what, arriving here in July, and operational in August. And so that'll make a big change to what we're doing.
1: Did you say that would be in Queensland or...?
2: No, the first one will go into will be in the northern, northwestern suburbs of Melbourne. I'll let you know. Yeah, so. You can come. I
1: can come. That's uh,
2: one my hood. Uh, yeah, and uh, and the second one we've planned. Uh, we have very good relationships with uh, particularly local governments in North Queensland, where most of Australia's solar panels are, yep. uh, where the big solar farms are, and uh, we're looking forward to doing other things. With I mean, there's there's quite a demand, as you can imagine. Yeah, uh, we're we're already holding. Uh, a number of solar panels, so we actually need the feedstock. So, if anybody wants to contact us, we'd welcome uh, talking with you. Um, it's it, it's been a very interesting process. Quite legitimately, uh, local governments and installers and um, and solar farm owners have been reticent to. Give us their panels until they understood we're a legitimate business. We really? we get we get calls we, we get calls on a daily basis. Do you want to give us panels? And we know where they're going. They're being sent to West Africa. Right. Uh, and that shouldn't happen. Uh, there's a real debate around second use of panels I was as well. Say that, we might but... Talk about. Mm. Um, uh, Australian companies have been quite ethical to say, well, how come we don't? You know how. Can, we don't know you're not sending them to West Africa. So we say, okay, we need to demonstrate our bona fides and we hope we're doing that now. Yeah. Uh, we've got good support. We've just announced um, uh, a memorandum of understanding with uh, with AGL, we intend working with them to install a unit at uh, at Loyang. Uh, with the foreseeable closure of Loyang, they want to turn into a renewable energy hub. If, we, if I may talk about second use yes. of Um, because it's a bit more complex, and whereas that's a a very valuable thing to do with, say, a pair of jeans you don't want to wear anymore, uh, if you can get, if somebody wants to buy those and use those again, well and good. My view is that um, the manufacturers of a solar panel won't really want to have a panel that's reached end of life. Right for example, passed on because they don't really want to issue a process guarantee, certainly not a warranty. They don't necessarily want their logo on that panel. So what do we do? Uh, I I had a question at a um, Next Energy conference I was last year in Sydney, uh, that, oh, hang on, I've got panels, I want to send them to the South Pacific Islands. They desperately need renewable energy. I said, yep, understand that. My view would be uh, that it would be much better because we don't know how really how long that panel might last. Mm. You can test it and say it's still working, uh, but we don't know how long it might last. It would be better for us to take that panel, recover the materials fully, put them into an Australian manufacturing process and and manufacture, you know, as Sundrive, for example, wishes to do, you know, an inexpensive, um, highly valuable, productive Australian solar panel yep. to build our manufacturing capacity and then for Penny Wong to give away solar panels to the South Pacific as part of the Australia's aid Yeah, that are going
1: that to last to be, a couple of decades rather than maybe yeah, just half years.
2: Yeah, that seems to me to be a much better way to build better outcomes right down the line. Now, good for our company as well also, but I, I think that uh, the business of... Uh, retesting solar panels is is expensive. Um, we know we've had anecdotal evidence. I'd love someone to confirm this or otherwise for me. That when we have some hail damage, for example, in a solar farm, that insurers are inclined to say, "Well, look, we're not going to check whether which ones work, which ones don't. Take them all off. T- take them all off and replace them." Uh, which means we've got some good ones, but that's costly. So would be better to. And we know also that uh, the biggest drivers now um for owners of solar farms that I mean they want the energy. So if there's a 450 watt solar panel that I can replace my 300 watt solar panels mm-hmm. with or bigger, 100 watt more in the future, let's do that. So we're gonna get panels coming off in 2025 is a critical year for all this, but given the um, lifespan of panels and what we're learning about that, um, we need to get, uh, we need to be ready for this uh, big change.
1: Absolutely. Um, and. When you, you you mentioned that the glass can be used again for solar panels, um, how much of them can be repurposed for like for like? Like ha, how much of the what you recover can go back into a new panel?
2: Yeah, we're not sure. Um, I've been trying to talk. I'm talking to glass manufacturers as much as I can. Uh, the difficulty with tempered so, so this is really it's expensive. It's you know low iron rolled tempered glass, uh, and it's taken up to high temperatures to to give it that toughness. Um, Generally, when you break it, it shatters. Now, fortunately, our process, it comes out in the biggest pieces are about four millimeters uh, square, little little cubes, and then there's also fine glass. So the temper has been taken out of it, uh, which means you can reuse it. Um, But glass manufacture is complicated. We're also working and we've tested this with um, with Deakin University and it may we need to go down this route. They can actually take that glass in the same process they're using, uh, which is a, 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 I'm not giving anything away by saying it's a ball milling process for the silicon to silicon. Yep. They can apply the similar sort of technology to the glass, take it down to a, a powder where that can be reconstituted into glass. The other thing they can do with that, of course that's really high quality silica, silicon dioxide, they say, we can actually take the oxide out of that and actually give you the silicon for remanufacturing a nanosilicon. So this, this is going to be another capacity that Australia can d- deliver or you know, build up, uh, which is in uh, you know, advanced manufacturing. Uh, but we, we, we seriously need to do that. Um, yeah. And we need a developer. We do some. There's one company in Melbourne uh, that uh, does float glass uh, and a couple of others. Uh, to do similar things, but there's no one actually. We actually need to develop a solar panel glass manufacturing capacity in Australia.
1: Absolutely. Um, and so, what can people do at a practical level now, from the consumer who's having panels installed on their roof, to the installer, to the to the solar wholesalers and retailers, um, and then through to policy level, wh- what can we all be doing at a practical level now to try and improve this process?
2: Well I guess the first thing is to understand the value of end-of-life solar panels. Yeah. They're not waste. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we we spend as much time explaining that it's not waste as we explain that we're not recyclers. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, your early comment that we need to make sure they don't go to landfill. I mean we know that in some cases you know dig a big hole and put them in the hole and burn them and cover them up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got to avoid that. We need to understand that there's valuable materials in them, as we do with all materials, frankly. Yeah. So uh, we have we had very valuable discussions recently with the City of Brisbane, who are now going to make sure panels don't go to landfill. A number of councils, certainly in Victoria, it's, it's illegal to do that now, uh, but we don't know where all the panels are going. Um, uh, we believe Queensland legislation is coming through, but. We, so, so local local government typically is at the coalface with this, and they're holding the baby. And I say, well, what yeah. do we do with the damn thing? So we need to encourage uh, local governments and installers and individuals to just hang on to them for the minute. We hope you know we we ha- we do have collection centres. Um, uh, uh, we're collecting in most states now. Yep. Um. Uh, and sort of bear with us until we get going. Uh, and but the 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 other issue we have in Australia, which is uh, which is problematic, and we're working very close, we're very hard on. I mean, it, Australia it, it's a big country, mm-hmm. and uh, we've now got uh, I won't tell you how many, but uh, close to well, it's a six-figure number of solar panels in South Australia, and we're not going to have a machine there until sometime next year. Okay. So do we pay? A lot of money to transport them to our facility in Victoria, which be the first to watch. So, we, 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 so lo- logistics is going to be critical. Uh, we hope, in due course, to be able to because these machines are not particularly big. Um, I haven't got room for one in my garage, but um, but they're not that big that we wouldn't ultimately be able to ha- have a, have a mobile version and take the machine oh, into okay. a big solar farm if they had, you know, a thousand or two thousand panels that they could store for a year. So this logistics need to be worked out, uh, cause it's not been done before in Australia, we're not familiar with doing it. Although we're talking to logistics companies who want to assist because they understand the value. I mean, this is, I mean, the the, the, the value of them, it, we, we, we'll charge a small fee, about $8.40 per panel, which really covers our costs. Yep. Um, I know people are paying, um, um, six, eight times more than that, uh, to take away a single panel currently. Uh, we, will will do well by managing the materials. We think the, va- we want the value to be in the materials, not in charging yeah. a fee to well, take that. Well, that was pay. going to be so, one
1: of my next questions, is that, because we've yeah. seen this sort of, um, unfolding, I won't call it a disaster, that's a bit dramatic, but with the soft plastics in, you know, this concept again, that, you know, we can... Or just take our soft plastics to the supermarket and someone will take care of it. And then everyone's so sort of cross and surprised when it all falls apart, which I feel is a bit sort of unfair. We're passing the buck a bit, like it's not an easy thing to do. And as you say, um, there, you know, there needs to be levies, there needs to be, yeah, but, and we also need to be say, you know, all get together and go, well, how can we make money out of this? How can we make it work?
2: Yeah. It's very important that, um, well, uh, personally, I think this is the best circular economy technology, if you want to call yep. it that, that I've ever seen. I mean, we're very fortunate that the materials in a solar panel um, are, are valuable and they come out clean. Yep. Uh, we don't have, to, you know, we don't talk about contaminated plastic we have got the version in a solar panel so we're very lucky and uh, and and the, and the, and the uh, processing capacity we have um, recovers the materials at uh, high volume so we can do a, we can do a lot of panels a year uh, at high quality and we can get in you know most of the material out of every panel so we've got a small amount left over which is the sort of silver and lead and we'll take that we'll collect that as well yep. that'll go off to to, to to minerals processing companies we won't mm. lose that either uh, but we're hopeful that we can actually create a model so say, so, ah oh, that's what a circular economy uh-huh. looks like that's rather so uh, and, and and we're fortunate be, to be playing with materials where we might be able to do that mm. so um mm. and uh, you know, using plastic as an example, we hope we can do the same with clothing. But you know, this this comes to design as well. I mean, people are people sort of look at me horrified when I say, "Well, you realise your shirt can't be recycled; it's good cotton, but uh, the buttons are sewn on with polyester thread." And they go, "What?" I say, "Well, it means it can't be recycled." So this is about design. So this is the you know the. The great devotees of circular economy, and there are many in our country, fortunately, have been pushing the barrow uphill for some time. Uh, we'll explain this to everybody. We really need, and this is where Australia can be smart. I mean, I even think back to, you know, Paul Keating's, you know, smarter smarter Australia, or whatever he called it. Um, we need to understand that, that, you know, there's a massive transition going on. Yeah. And we need to be at the forefront of this, and we you know, we, we can't afford to be the laggards that we've been. Mm. We need to actually step forward, and there's an enormous opportunity for Australia uh, to, to lead in this sort of smarter thinking about how to use these materials Valuably, whether it's plastic or clothing or materials and solar panels and all sorts of other things. Mm,
1: I agree, and I think that for solar it should be a part of the success story. We like to boast about how we've had a great uptake of solar and, you know, that Consumers have embraced it so well, and you know, presumably, it's not all about saving money. It's about the environment. It's about your uh, carbon footprint. So it should be something we can, you know, embrace for the whole life of the panel, and say we can be, as you say, much smarter about this, and and and, yeah. and benefit from that.
2: Yeah. And this is sort of you know I mean I sort of hope I get to see you know this is this is new manufacturing industry for Australia. Yeah. I mean we we, we uh, I've done work in you know sort of um, in industrial ecology design. I mean for example we should have a cement manufacturer should be at Port Kembla where we're making steel because the slag from steel making can go straight into cement and reduce the embedded energy of the cement. We we need to develop an industrial ecology in in clean, in the clean energy sector. I mean, I'm desperately to trying to work out what to do with uh, with uh, the old blades from um, um, wind turbines. That's I mean, a big problem. I'm, yeah, I know that um, you know sailors, you know yachts who make sails out of carbon fibre, pass them down uh, through the through the yacht club or through the teams and get second use out of them. There's a mob in a deacon at uh, Geelong making. Um, carbon fiber wheels for Porsches and stuff right. like that. We've actually got to work that stuff yeah. out. We've got to work that stuff out. So, uh, and, we, and we do have the capacity, but we need to, uh, to, to invest in a scientific and technology capacity uh, in parallel with the sort of things we're doing. We, we're going to be a facilitator, but we need the deep science and the deep technology capacity uh, to really put value into the into, into the sort of things that we hope we are initiating, yeah.
1: and again, we've had some very very clever world leading scientists that have advanced solar technology, you know, incredibly. So we need well, to start putting it dear in. the Martin yeah. Green.
2: Dear Martin Green's been leading the world for four yes. decades or whatever it is, and uh, it, and it's wonderful. But we and and there have been some there have been some students of his that have done very well, but we really haven't capitalised no, uh, in Australia. I've uh, we, hope we might do it soon.
0: Okay
1: well in the meantime it's wonderful to know that people like you are fighting the good fight and um, where can people drop these panels? As you said you had your collection points just as a final note where what if you know if I'm taking mine off the roof today what do I do?
2: You'll just uh, can I just say uh, if it's Solar Recovery Corporation website which is srcorp.com.au yep. I frankly don't have the up to date list of where the drop off centres are but to Biloela and Townsville and Queensland, I think some on the Gold Coast now. There are two or three sites in Victoria. And I think we've got some in New South Wales, but I just can't roll them off. But on their website, we'll give our guys a call and we'll happily manage them Brilliant. for you.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, Rob Gell, for your time and for all your great work. And um, I really look forward to seeing this machine when it uh, arrives.
2: You'll get an invitation, Sophie, to come and see it when it does its first, uh, first thing. Nice to talk.
1: That was Rob Gell from Solar Recovery Corp. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Solar Insiders. Thank you for listening and thanks to our sponsors Pylon and Next Trucker for helping us to put this out every fortnight. We will speak to you in another two weeks' time. And until then, take care.
0: Solar Insiders was brought to you by Pylon. Pylon provides easy-to-use solar design software for installers and retailers, with pay-as-you-go pricing, no monthly costs and no locking contracts. Join Australia's top solar companies who trust Pylon to design high-resolution, CEC-ready solar proposals. Solar Insiders is also brought to you by Next Tracker, delivering some of the highest-performing solar assets in the country. Like a sunflower follows the sun, NextTracker's market-leading solar solutions deliver optimal return on investment for utility solar farms in Australia. Check out their flagship NX Horizon Smart Solar Tracker, their intelligent optimisation software and the industry's most advanced terrain-following solar tracking technology, NX Horizon XTR.